This is Jordan Goff, director of Dinosaurs in a Mind Facility, and you're listening to CadaverCast. It's the 150th episode, spectacular! Welcome, critters and creeps, to a different episode of Cadavercast. Very different. Oh, yeah, there you go. I was like, very different because you're just not going to introduce yourself. Yeah, there's Al. I'm Cadaver Dad Jeff Burnham. It's already chaos. It is too early for us to record and too late for our guests to be recording. But <laughs> it's episode 150, so we make sacrifices. Al, who are we talking to? This is um, this is Jordan Goff, the maker of our last episode. Well, he didn't make <laughs> the last episode. The oh. subject of the last episode. Yes. 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 <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Do you want to say the title of that movie? That is Dinosaurs and Mining Facility, which there. is our last one. And just so you know, people, we're... Leak Dad said this is too early. Currently, our time, it's 7.49 a.m. So That's early. this is too early for us. We, hey. caught, we caught each other at the uh, overlap where I am... <laughs> I, I'm a few hours after my third shift job has ended yeah our schedules just <laughs> don't sync up and their day is beginning yeah oh i was gonna say i talked about that on the last episode and i didn't i cut that out <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> talking about when we were watching movies and i was like because you know jordan's up all night that that's what this episode is for is all the uh the extras that we didn't get to that you didn't get to in the last episode yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, like the entire story or something i don't know that we even had uh, the opportunity to go through that here that's there's a lot i think we did <laughs> we went through the story i mean briefly there was a bit of recapping but there's the customary cadaver cast of you being like al we don't want to recap the episode step by step and yeah. then i was sitting there thinking like oh, i would actually love to just listen to al describe the entire movie <laughs> but nobody has time for that <laughs> oh man we could we could do like an alternate version of road to tyrannus yeah <laughs> just oh, the just... two and a half hours of al explaining everything i wish i'd had the foresight to ask you guys to do a commentary track on the, the blu-ray maybe next time or the uh, absolutely the inevitable anniversary yeah re-release that would be fun it would just be like the commentary would probably just be us just talking about the every single scene, probably. <laughs> <laughs> like we almost like we did in our commentaries, basically. I had to stop mm. myself from doing my own commentary. Like, oh, I love this scene. Oh, I love this scene. Oh, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> this is nice. It's great to record a commentary, though. Like yeah. to just get yeah. to sit down with your movie. You know, when we mm -hmm. did House Sitters and we recorded commentaries, it was like I listened to that. Yeah. Ah. The dancing about architecture scene. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, that <laughs> commentaries maybe. Even though I am on it, it is still one of my favorite commentaries ever, yeah. just because Al doesn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, Justin made the uh, Justin from Golden Ninja Video who released the Blu-ray. He he made that commentary track great because he kind of kept us on track, and he did some <laughs> tidy editing afterwards. 
to make me sound coherent. <laughs> was was Christian on that one with you? He did one with Jacob, who plays Johnny okay. Anaconda. So mm-hmm. originally we kind of talked about doing a villain's commentary track and a hero's commentary track, but you know, it was during the, the uh lockdown times. So it oh. was you know difficult to get that going. Uh. Yeah, Jacob's one of the names that didn't make our last episode. There are so many people that I would like reference, but had to cut their names out. So everybody else in the cast and crew, sorry. <laughs> well, the thing that was cracking me up is every time Al referenced the security guard character, he said, but I can't remember his name. <laughs> Literally his name in the credits is security guard. <laughs> so I was like, he does know his name. He just doesn't know that he knows him. <laughs> yeah, you nailed it, Al. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that sounds like the kind of thing that you would do. Just put somebody's name as security guard. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's also very uh utilitarian. It's a thing that a lot of a lot of writers will do as yeah. well. Now. There, if you watch the credits, there'll be a lot of security guards. It's but this yes, movie specifically the main yeah. character of... almost. <laughs> He's just security guard. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he's Ian and my brother's Christian, which the last three letters of his name. But actually, it was more of me stealing um, Ian Malcolm's name from Jurassic Park. Mm. But it's like people don't say Ian. You know, they say Dr. Malcolm or Jeff Goldblum. So yeah, that's true. like that's a perfectly good dinosaur related name just sitting there. I think I always refer to him as Ian Malcolm. I never. Yeah. Never, yeah. The full, never yeah. shorten it. Yeah. Or even say doctor, just Ian Malcolm. Yeah. Put yeah. some respect on his name. <laughs> <laughs> but that's before i realized you know that i don't know if i would have done that if i realized we were making a feature film named him ian after the jurassic park character i, I see no the, problem in that yeah i almost called the bar nedries there is one jurassic other jurassic park reference that's still remains on the uh flyer if you look at the address it says muldoon street is the address of the mining facility <laughs> so that's a very subtle one yeah no yeah i didn't even catch it until you pointed out that it is there's a lot of Easter eggs like that, like the van's bumper sticker has like some nonsense on it. But if you rearrange the letters, it tells you the ending of the movie. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to have to look for that now. <laughs> Wait, really? Oh, man. Yeah. I kind of wanted to I wanted to throw a lot of stuff like that in there to reward. Uh, I, know, also, multiple I also viewings. Um, I don't think this was intentional, but I feel like the very tiny there may be dinosaurs print is almost like an a reference to one of the SpongeBob episodes where there's a very tiny money refund appliance on Mr. Krabs um Krabby Patty board. <laughs> That's like, great. I might have subconsciously gotten it from that cuz I did watch that, you know, in reruns and stuff. Oh yeah, and that's a that's a thing that I run into copying things from things that I've seen ages ago. And I'm like, yeah, that's really good. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, I've had the problem of other cartoons and stuff like doing the same joke that I did, but like Mm. seeing it, seeing it afterward, like the the minor, we don't serve minor joke is in an episode of Gravity Falls. Oh, I I didn't notice. Yeah, there's a whole episode where there's dinosaurs in a mine. And I was. (laughs) Oh, right. That came out as I was finishing this one. Yeah, that's oh. when, when him and Seuss are the pterodactyl bros. That episode. Right. That's great. No. <laughs> well, you guys had talked. Um, there's the bit in the documentary, which was after we recorded our episode. Because in our episode, we'd talked about, uh, I'd mentioned Carnosaur 2. Yeah, yeah. And like, 
you know. And then we finished the doc, the documentary, and, and then did you mention Carnosaur too? Oh yeah, that's the last joke in the whole documentary. Is after the credits too. So yeah. I, was, I was I was dying. I was like, man, because I couldn't believe that it wasn't a thing that hadn't been in your mind. It was like, yeah, because it's like, how do you how do you make a better Carnosaur too? Just like improve everything. You have to just fix everything, right? I mean, it's like Carnosaur two is fine. Like it's fine. Well, that was another like we're already a couple of years into production when I realized because I'd seen Carnosaur one, but not Carnosaur two. I think it was when I started Googling, you know, dinosaurs in a mining facility to see if anyone had not that if anyone had used that specific <laughs> title, but if there are any movies with that specific title that also happens to be that specific synopsis, which is the same thing. The title and the synopsis are one of the same. Right. And then Carnosaur came up and then I was just like, oh, also Stargate, you know, there's portals and. Yeah. that one not as overtly i mean how many movies can it you can have portals in your movie yeah, yeah. absolutely especially behind the break room fridge yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> i think i think at this point we have to kind of embrace the uh postmodern thing where it's like there is no original idea there's only original combinations of many other ideas <laughs> so just you know sometimes it's better to not know someone's already done it because then you might not do it right it's a slippery slope and and it's something that happens to my students and they'll be like jeff do i need to stop writing this and one no because you're halfway through the quarter and you would fail the class <laughs> two <laughs> like just keep going and make it your own eventually nobody will notice yeah and i'm still guilty of changing things because i suspect that it might seem like i'm ripping something off but whether i uh, know it or not i there's going to be something else with a similar Idea. And you tweak a couple of details and oftentimes people won't notice, you know? Yeah. Also, you can take the same concept and have 20 different people write it and it's going to be 20 different, you know, voices and sort of takes on it. I, exactly. So, yeah. I, I, I still get a little neurotic about it, but I try not to now. <laughs> Al, did you want to do you want to give this some order? You've been awake longer than the rest of us. Um, I mean... What stuff did you want to talk about? Okay. I mean, Jeff and I are just so, going to go off the deep end if we don't have Al to guide us. I mean, probably. <laughs> or you can go off the deep yeah. end with us. That's cool. You know. Yeah, yeah. I, I just don't. Um, I don't want to give you a, a, you know, a giant cluster to edit. <laughs> I mean, I started making the show with a four-year-old. You know, it was yeah. oh, that's, that's that a good was point. absolute chaos. <laughs> I'm took like eight hours to edit any yeah. episode. I'm like the start of the episode. Hey guys, here's the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it has been fun to listen to all the episodes in order, and well, I, I skip a couple for movies I haven't seen, and then I make a I make a point like I'm like I'm gonna go back and watch those so I can have more episodes to listen to yeah, <laughs> without go. spoiling the movies. But it is fun to slowly listen to Al become more articulate and like it takes me a while <laughs> trust me yeah his, his voice change and I know it's gonna be wild because like now he's 11 squeaky baby voice in the first episode <laughs> yeah and he's gonna you know pretty soon be a teenager yeah. and that's if we're still recording this thing that'll be wild yeah the the sort of novelty of the show is like oh father son podcast oh this kid's very little and he's watching these monster movies and, and then the it was the question like oh is this novelty going to wear off as he gets older and it's like no actually he's he's just a smart dude who has great things to say about the movie so that worked out pretty well <laughs> plus yeah. now you're in this new era of 
of what what I was initially thinking when I was started listening to it is like eventually he's gonna get old enough to watch these other crazier movies that he's yeah. not allowed to watch yet, and that's a whole it unlocks a whole another tier. Yeah, and we've, <laughs> we've been very much in that in that zone for most of our episodes since we started yeah. doing that. It's like everyone, yeah. it's like this one's rated R. Hey, yeah. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, and every yeah. now and then you get the classic cadaver cast of like a more kid-friendly movie thrown in there just for old time's yeah. sake because those Pretty are still much. great i still watch a lot of those and i'm in my 30s so to uh to to bring us back to topic <laughs> dinosaurs in a mining facility is uh, like splitting the difference right yeah. it's got yeah you know swearing some adult stuff but it's all really really goofy fun cartoonish yeah. stuff i have had some kids like at screenings really really love it like more than the adults so I'm like, mean, that, that how... makes me feel good it is i'm childish and i have you know <laughs> i, I mean, take it out as a couple not like it though it's a bunch of like almost perfectly synced dinosaurs in a mining facility <laughs> okay we have to address this right now jordan <laughs> that the was the tessellations is what uh, my friend called it <laughs> <laughs> Al contended, and I cut out another two times that this came up in the episode because uh, it was the same conversation again and again. Uh, but Al's thought is that all of the dinosaurs, like in that scene at the end where there's the million dinosaurs, uh, Al was convinced that you had synced up all of their walk cycles. Because they, because <laughs> there's, it's so far. Dad, can you blame me? It's so far out. You can barely see it. Sure. But I had the sense that I, I you, staggered you them staggered. To, to avoid that. But it is inevitable because they are the same. So, yeah, some if you will. Have, if you have 100 of them, just, you know, law, the, the probability yeah. says that. That's true. But it there's is, only so many frames, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess if I had had the uh, the foresight, it, it might have been funnier if they were <laughs> synced up. But <laughs> I'm, I'm going for that. The line between realism and stupidity yeah that line well the it's the amount of effort that you put into one of those things that counts right i mean now that you're like hanging out with you know jason and and tim and us yeah like the stuff we put together it doesn't it doesn't matter how stupid it is as long as it gets a laugh but it's got to be an informed intellectual stupid, <laughs> you know and that's yeah and dinosaurs in a mining facility feels that from one end well, to the, the stuff other. that's trying to be smart even when it isn't, I I feel like that adds a sort of contrast to the stupid mm -hmm. stuff. I mean, it's it's sort of like uh, when when you get a good like horror comedy, it's like the what the good ones the the story is kind of played straight, but there's gags throughout. Like once the story becomes a joke, then the horror isn't effective anymore. Yeah, I right. found yeah, or like they balance each other. It's like you know, it's just like life. Yeah. You know, the bad times make the good times better. Well, then it's like one thing that we were talking about on that last episode was how everybody in Dinosaurs goes all in, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Except for when they clearly like start laughing during the takes, which is then also hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> but and sometimes sometimes thing. that's all you've got. Yeah. I always <laughs> and so, I mean, if I watch multiple takes and one is, is clearly funnier than the other, I mean, I, I try to pick ones that, you know, work on a story level, but sometimes it's just too funny and yeah. you have to <laughs> yeah oh, look i found this i i because you know how you can search um through messages by like key phrases and stuff oh yeah so i found this 
message I sent from November 4th, 2021. And I sent to my friend, found a podcast where a guy reviews monster movies with his four-year-old son, and it's the best thing I've ever heard. So funny. <laughs> uh, this is before I knew you. So this is this is proof. Oh man. See, now you're doing the same this thing. Is, I... <laughs> this is my favorite podcast. It's, this is like I'm starstruck now hanging out with you guys. Well, and then when you then like posted about uh, me following you on YouTube, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I was confused because I I was like, there's no dinosaurs in the mining facility stuff on this YouTube channel because it was the one with Predator on it. It was Predator. <laughs> yeah. I was, was, I was... <laughs> <laughs> and I was oh like, did I, did I post about this podcast somewhere that would have led him here? Because there's no way he found this of his own volition. <laughs> oh man, Predator though. Jeez. <laughs> that kills me. And then that's the thing is, right? Like, because Golden Ninja Video has always been on like my radar and then the, the various little film festivals because I work on little horror movies, you know? Yeah. Like it was it was a title that was like, well, I gotta see that one day <laughs> i do love the marquee value right <laughs> i realized that if if my brother and jacob hadn't come up with the title and kind of made the video around it i probably would have named it like the tyrannus agreement or something like that that has no marquee value and doesn't tell anyone what the movie's about and sounds like one of those like 70 spy thrillers like that that sort of naming convention you know oh, what was the one the warren Beatty one at the <laughs> Like the the parallax, whatever yeah. the the heck. Yeah, it's always like the parallax dossier like, or something yeah, like that. Conspiracy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking it up. The parallax view. Yeah. Frankly, if if I had named this movie, it'd probably be about as like about like that dinosaurs on a mining yeah. facility. I was thinking like it's... attack of the purple planet uh, giant <laughs> yeah. reptile attack or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. <laughs> That's the same principle, though. It's like you, you're telling people what they're getting, you know? Yeah. And the marquee value. So I've been trying to apply that to my ideas for the sequel title. That's the conundrum. You want a cool name, but you also don't want a name that doesn't tell people anything. Yeah, because you can either make it cool, funny, informative, or informative and funny. That makes yeah. just no sense. Yeah, so cool went out the window, and I think that was a good call. <laughs> but Dinosaurs in My Facility is actually awesome, so it, 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 I don't know what awesome. I'm talking about. Although, like, it gets exponentially cooler when Johnny Anaconda says it. Yeah. That, that yeah. moment in the movie when he turns and says, don't you know there are dinosaurs in this mining facility? Like that, you're just testosterone. The like, title explodes. The yeah, And yeah. then it's like, a whammo, taste the drink. Yeah. <laughs> We literally have had screenings where I pause it after the title explodes onto the screen. And I'm like, if you didn't think that was cool, you should probably just leave now because it's, it's not going to get any better than that. I was in tears watching it the first time. Like, but yeah, that's why like on the episode and I, I cut out some of it, we were like qualifying the hell out of it to be like, but for real, we didn't know Jordan. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like when we, when we watched it, we didn't know. I Google it sometimes, you know, I'll just Google the title of the movie to see what's going on. If there's people talking about it and uh, there was a forum, a Blu-ray forum talking about it. And uh, I lost my train of thought. Beep, beep. Oh, it said, uh, it said, what's up with this movie's IMDb page? It looks like they got a bunch of their friends to <laughs> write reviews. For yeah. them. 
for the movie. And he's like, but I don't know. Maybe it is just that good. I guess I should buy it and find out. <laughs> it sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like we paid anybody, you know. If detractors are welcome to go leave bad reviews if they want to. But yeah, detractors also aren't going to watch you know, nano budget cinema. It's a, it's a, that's the thing. I'm in the sweet spot now where, you know, it's only like the niche weirdo Blu-ray market who are seeing the movie, which bodes, you know, works. I mean, we still get a couple bad reviews, but you know, most of the people who are willing to buy a movie called dinosaurs in a mining facility that was made with no budget are probably going to be the right people to see it. Well, it's not like in the the old days when you go to a video store and you you just had the box to go on, you know, like there wasn't you couldn't just pick up the box and like watch a trailer and go, oh, no, that looks like it was filmed by friends with a camcorder. Right. Yeah. You'd have to rent it first to find out. <laughs> yeah. You ever seen on Mystery Science Theater, the werewolf episode? Yeah, I love that. The, so werewolf, like, werewolf, the Yanagalachi. <laughs> <laughs> my mom and i rented that movie on vhs when it came out that's amazing like before mystery science theater got to it because it had a lenticular cover where that guy turns those. into a werewolf the demon wand one is uh, one of my favorites the lenticular demon wind cover oh yeah which they recreated on the blu-ray they made like a, a lenticular case for it that matched the old vhs shadow builder is what i'm thinking of uh, <laughs> Shadow Builder. Did you ever see that? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Who's in that one? Michael Rooker. I knew there was somebody. I was going to say Robert Zadar, but I was thinking of Future War, <laughs> which also has dinosaurs. Also, in it. yeah, yeah. In but in, not in a mining facility, in a like cardboard box warehouse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, I can't wait till we get to a warehouse budget. We're just stepping <laughs> up our game. <laughs> <laughs> aiming aiming at that uh space mutiny quality yeah yeah one yeah. day we'll we'll film in a spacement <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what i call i don't know if anybody's ever said that before but that's what i call sets like space mutinies where it's like spacements yes yeah, that's it looks, yeah. it's like a big boiler room looking place but it's supposed to be a spaceship and you're like that looks like a boiler room though <laughs> I mean, all the uh, dinosaur or all the mine scenes were almost just shot against concrete, you know. <laughs> well, if if people watch the documentary, they they'll see the the cistern that there's actually like a trap door in Ethan's closet that leads to that. And we went and like vacuumed all the water out of it, and <laughs> and we were like, oh, we can like throw blood against the wall, and it'll it'll be great. And then we did, we realized the green screen was working, and we're like, okay, this is probably a little bit better <laughs> yeah that room was a nightmare that just it like, was very small i don't know how we would have got like lights and cameras and actors done it was like six by eight maybe like like if i came over to act in someone's movie and they put me in this tiny concrete box with like heat lamps pointed at me i probably would never want to act again they drop you in the floor like an oubliette like yeah. i just i can just imagine that room as like i can just imagine the house on top of it being like a haunted house in that room being like an ancient ritual room or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was one of Ethan's original ideas when he got the Moldar statue was that um, he would keep trying to get rid of it and it would keep reappearing in the cistern under his room. And I was like, oh, that's a great concept. That was an early Moldar idea. But maybe we'll get back around to that someday. I like the whole like cursed, cursed object angle that we didn't get to. It's yeah. funny. Uh, somebody... <laughs> 
I've showed someone a rough cut of the movie speaking of mystery science theater. And they're like, Oh, these call scenes remind me of this movie, final sacrifice. Have you ever seen ah. it? And I was like, no, actually I haven't seen it. I'd never seen that episode somehow. So uh, he was like, Oh, we'll, we'll just watch it right now. <laughs> That's how I first saw that movie. <laughs> I mean, Johnny Anaconda's zap roused our energy. Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah. And, and Ian could kind of be uh, Troy. I always kind of think of them more as uh, Dean Venture and uh, Brock Samson, though. See, and I'm, I feel bad because I made a joke the first time we watched it in the Cosme chat about Monday at 11.01 a.m. And to, to mention the movie 11.01 a.m., Monday at 11.01 a.m. instead of Final Sacrifice is clearly an insult to you that I need to like, you know, make up for for the rest <laughs> well, of my life. Well, I haven't life. seen that one. That sounds great. Is that oh, another uh, low-budget cult movie? Oh, Maybe my we'll God. have to screen that one. It's uh, written by a guy. Uh, he wrote this vanity piece for himself where it's like he's this doctor and he's like the hottest guy in the world. And he goes into this weird town and like people keep forgetting who he is. And they're like, I'm sorry, sir. I've never seen your wife. And it's like one of those kind of like mysteries. <laughs> I love ill-advised like vanity uh, nonsense thrillers. Oh, the best. Says the guy who played three characters in, in his movie with a conspiracy in it. <laughs> but, but to your credit, you didn't play like the smartest man in the world. Who everybody wanted to like yeah. start making out with. Yeah. <laughs> now you gotta you gotta get in here. Holy I, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I kind of embrace the chaos. Yeah. <laughs> well, why don't you start some chaos? That sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do some owl flavored chaos. <laughs> All I do is just ask questions and they turn into chaos. So ask a question. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, hmm. This is the problem with the there being a two and a half hour documentary is that there are, I don't know how many questions <laughs> <laughs> are left. <laughs> do, which part took you the longest? Like what thing took you the longest to do? The pterodactyl scene took about two months <laughs> so i think that was it and it's funny we say five the movie took five years but also like there were periods where you know the band would go on tour right thing, things like that or i just like kind of lost steam because i couldn't get people together to film so i would just like and there's a the whole thing of constantly being in post-production or during production as i call it <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> because we're shoot edit shoot edit and then showing people what we've got so yeah that pterodactyl scene though that was uh, between that and the cult scene, which, you know, that was the yeah. most people on set at one time. So we just that was chaos. I was just like and I was acting in it as well. So that made it even more difficult. Right? <laughs> I'd be like, Jackson, uh, run back there and get this shot. Get that shot. I had some like little storyboards drawn up, um, <laughs> which come did. with the Blu-ray. And they didn't have. Um, yeah, they do. They have the little booklet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but because they didn't have masks on, you at least showed us that you didn't have to resort to like Mark Borchardt levels of my mom's just going to have to be in this scene. I don't, I don't know, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I almost have that written into the sequel, having learned from from that. <laughs> like, you know, there will always be some level of goons that are either in like some kind of masks or their faces yeah. are obscured in some way because you never know who can and can't show up. And it's good to have that the ski mask. Well, Al, yeah. Al was amazed by the because he didn't remember that one shot, the shot where all of the like Christian and the the like mask and like with the machine gun and stuff like all like they get out of the, oh, yeah, the yeah. helicopter. I was like, where's that in the movie? What is that? And I think he just missed it. I don't know. It's just 
it's just buried in a giant pile of other images <laughs> I, I literally don't even know there's a the tablet that you see during that scene where i'm talking about all the the occult their occult leanings you see like a tablet on screen for a minute and it's like it's, it's written in like looks like gibberish but it's actually a cipher and you can actually translate it and it sort of sets up th- ideas for the sequel oh, so there's there's a lot of stuff like you know in the downtime when we couldn't film i would just be like coming up with ideas and ethan and i would just be talking about crazy ideas for the next movies so then i would be like well we're still making this one maybe we could work it in there and it'll look like you know we had it planned out <laughs> right and it gives it like this uh i don't know like rolling snowball kind of a quality where it starts off and you go okay i got it dinosaurs in a mining facility okay <laughs> right it's pretty straightforward you meet ian he's got problems you know we've got the, the, the backstory scene and everything seems pretty straightforward and then all of that as i was saying it goes off the rails which i think was a good way to put it <laughs> with the expositioning later on right like, yeah yeah and i like i like doing uh just having like mid dialogue just having images start showing up on screen as if it's like some kind of powerpoint presentation or like slideshow <laughs> that was the reason that happens a lot during the speech at the end of the movie where i'm giving my big villain monologue is because i decided to add more moldar lore into it and i was like well i didn't do that on set so i'll just have to have images pop up and then i'll just adr the whole speech which i had to do anyway because of all the cricket sounds so um it, it was funny that christian knew how many times i had watched the scene while editing because i went in and just like did it you know exact lip sync <laughs> like unlike the first take because these scenes would just be running in my head over and over again it, the worst was the cult scene because there's that chant and i would literally just have that chant on a loop as i was editing and it would be like you know hours of just it's like i think yeah. i think he's actually being hypnotized ethan was really concerned <laughs> concerned about me <laughs> what are you saying what does it say mob olab dab a rob so the, that language that Jackson taught us. So you take each letter and you put ob after it, but then the vowels, right? It's the vowels that are just, um, you just say the letter. It's almost like, it's like pickle Latin, but weird. <laughs> They're just chanting Moldar, Moldar. Yeah. Mob is M, O, O is, stays O. Then lob is L and then dab is D. And then A is A and then R is, so we're saying Moldar. And then yeah. I, I was working on a Grand Tier night one of Gob Robin Ob Dub Tub Robin Ob my Tubby. So we'll see. We'll see I love that. that. Yeah, that's, great. that's like the folk song, the hippie Grand Tier night cult. Oh man, like a like a Wicker Man scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> what they call it a uh, folk horror. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's man. A, that's wabi i have i done weird there you go that's he's it got it <laughs> see i told him like just a, he was like why don't we try to figure out what he's saying what they're saying and i was like i think you'll figure it out if you just have jordan explain to you like, what they're doing the vowels are the, <laughs> the vowels are the trick knowing that that, that. i mean jackson I think him and like his brothers thought that they had made that up independently, but I feel like families think that they came up with that <laughs> because it's been passed down. <laughs> but then like I've, I've seen it right. in other places, like very similar. 
versions of that, but I'm like, that's a great alien language. Like I just use this, uh, what they call pig pen cipher. Uh, people can look that up, but that whenever you see the symbols for the Tyranite language, it's just pig pen cipher. So you can, Oh, there you go. Work that out. And I found out that cartoon uh, sectars from the eighties, which I love. Have you seen that? Like the guys who ride around on the big insects, yeah very short-lived oh, yeah yeah they were, the the toys were monstrous yeah they were like and there was huge. like a, it was like a glove you could put your hand into it and then you control the uh the giant insects that they ride around oh on. man but That's uh so cool. i saw because i'm in a sectars group online and i saw a poster that was signed in that same cipher and i was like wait a second and then i i googled it and was like oh that they they did the same exact thing they took the pig pen cipher because it looks cool and called it their alien language mm-hmm. and i'm like well i guess the tyr and i speak the same language as the sectars at least in writing mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with that that and in humanoids those are my favorite forgotten 80s cartoons i feel like what you've been talking is almost like the secret my first try the secret language where i just took every line of the letter and just rearranged them yeah, oh, you yeah. Did like anagrams Basically, i love it no i literally like took a and i just made it into like an hourglass without the top oh, oh like wingdings I, <laughs> I, it's so funny that's because cool literally it's almost like rearranging the letters but you just really rearrange the lines yeah you like reassign the symbol <laughs> them each letter as a symbol futurama yeah. has that too there's a language in futurama anytime there's like graffiti it's a consistent replacing letters for symbols i think so you can actually like there's a lot of it like little extra jokes in there sort of like their their chalkboard gag or couch gag sort of thing but it's like for only the hard course (laughs) i thought up like if you tried to translate one of my uh alien anagrams you would find it's just nonsense i just put random symbols i didn't even make a language (laughs) (laughs) i literally just put random symbols and made it look like it was language that's how language is made though right everything's made up yeah so you create meaning. I mean, wisdom would have dictated, oh, I would just make up a random thing and put it in there because no one's going to sit and translate this entire tablet. But the uh, the details guy inside of me wouldn't let me do that. I have to I have to tell myself one day somebody's going to be, you know, Zapruder filming this and looking for all the little Easter eggs and stuff. <laughs> and if not, I'll mention it on the commentary and then they can find out that way. Yeah. See, for this podcast. And, and the-, <laughs> <laughs> the other thing is, like, once you start doing that, once you start making up your own language and stuff, you know that the question is, where does it stop? Because this movie took you five years and already. The so is, it never will. It never will. <laughs> and that's that's like when I think about um the fifth element and the fact that Luc Besson made up like Lilu's language. And when she would be like, How did how do you say this in the language? And he would like come back with like, okay, here's here's how the language would express itself, you know, in, in this way. And let me let me find words for for it and how like the syntax would come together. And he would like leave and come back the next day with like, okay, here's the translation into her language. That's insane. That's so cool. Yeah, but it's rad. It's kind of I mean, like how Tolkien kind of came from the yeah. linguistics perspective to start all the Middle Earth lore, which is awesome. I mean, there's this there's a certain level of escapism to it. I'm sure it's part of it, but like. Uh, I love just coming up with worlds, like consistent worlds, and then being able to like, oh, there's all this history. I I just feel when I watch a movie or a TV show that does that, I I don't know, it, it speaks to me, and I feel like um, they cared about what they were doing, which makes me care about it more too. You know what I mean? 
right. you can't expect the audience to care if you don't care. Also, it's funny during like interviews when people ask, you know, outlandish questions that they don't expect me to have an answer to. And I do, even though I shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, that's endlessly amusing to me. <laughs> now, do you have any wild questions about Tyrannus? Now he's going to ask the one thing I don't have mapped out yet. Right. I, yeah. That's what I'm, I want to see about. I do give it. the caveat though, that like I, uh, you know, I reserve the right to change things uh, if, if the story dictates going further. I try not to write myself into too many quarters, but, you know, it's happened a couple of times already. Embrace the retcon. Yeah. How many different dinosaur things did you lose? Like, how many different uh, YouTube dinosaurs did you lose? <laughs> Let's see. Okay, we got the Dilophosaurus's. That that accounts for the majority of the dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because them- it's like but you call them like the raptors with the things on their heads or something i right. call them yeah. um i call them raptors with dog cones, <laughs> yeah, dog cones yeah. they just had surgery and they're not allowed to chew on themselves yeah. it's funny though because the the dilophosaurus like the this the head thing that pops out whatever you'd call that it's like an umbrella yeah, i don't know uh, apparently they, they didn't have that that was just an invention of spielberg or whoever his designers were on jurassic park yeah but then whoever copied that for this youtube video so then that ended up in my movie which is extra funny that was the one i found at the time that had the most different angles to use so i was like oh this is a good one plus you know it's like it's nice you don't have the generic raptor that everybody uses so it's it has a little flavor to it and I mean, dinosaurs should have that because then they would have an automatic umbrella. Yeah. Be like just, In case it starts raining and they don't want just their shoulders to get water. <laughs> <laughs> so there's the Dilophosaurus or Dilophosauri. I don't know how you'd... I don't know. Dilophosauring? Pluralize that. There's the uh, Triceratops. There's a couple of those. There's the one shot where he's like, the dinosaurs, they're going to be at the portal any minute now. And I was like... It's not enough for him to say that. We need a dramatic shot of a bunch of dinosaurs running through the woods with the shaking camera to cut to for a second when he says that, because we love cutaways. And so I was like, oh, here's one we haven't used yet. Plus, that one had like a headbutting animation. So when that guy is getting like gored in the mining facility, he's like, ah, screaming. I could I could use that dinosaur. So there's that. And he, that one kind of looks like almost it's, it has like uh, plated armor on him. It's like mm-hmm. golden scales. That one looks really cool. So there's those two. The, then there's the T-Rex, which is one of the goofiest looking walk cycles. No offense to whoever made it. <laughs> I've kind of thought about going and finding all these videos again and commenting on YouTube like, hey, I've uh, been in many film festivals and <laughs> this film is now on Blu-ray and I used your dinosaurs. You should, though. Like, I don't I mean, it would probably be hell finding those. If, yeah. Because some of them are probably long gone, too. That's true. Yeah. True. There was a lot of uh, looking at the, the file names to like find where they came from uh, when I had to credit everybody. I guess I technically didn't have to credit everybody, but I felt like I should. So yeah, there's Dilophosaurus, Triceratops, the T-Rex, and then the Pterodactyl. I'm pretty sure that's it, unless I'm forgetting something. I don't remember another one. Yeah, if I don't know, then you know, I can't expect yeah, anybody else to know. <laughs> And I've since found like even better ones. And now I'm starting to learn how to download the models and with the rigs and I could animate them myself and everything. So we'll see how far right. that goes. Yeah. Bless you. That's uh, a, <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot of work, man. And I say, as I'm like 
like I said on the last episode, trying to film things with green screen just for friends. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that took us so long. (laughs) That looked great, though. I loved how that turned out. That final shot, not just I don't, you know, it's not spoiler alert, but I won't spoil any twists. But there's there is a shot that's been mentioned before that has a ton of dinosaurs in it. So in that shot, I kind of went through and I tried to take stock of all the dinosaurs there were. So I was like, I want every species that at least is on Tyrannus to be represented. And I, I would say to reserve the right to introduce more dinosaur species, you know, the, they said that the Tyrannites were on the moon. So yeah. they might have taken some dinosaurs with them. And there might have been some that were on that part of the planet before it exploded that we didn't see. So, you know, if we decide to introduce more species that weren't in Kansas, yeah, dinosaurs that were not native to Kansas, yeah, Kentucky, Kentucky, yeah, Yeah. Yeah. or Kenhio. If you look at the flyer, it says Kenhio, which we we (laughs) we say this movie takes place in the state between Kentucky and Ohio, Mm. the mind state. <laughs> and you have to like you have to do some kind of incantation and like swim backwards through the Ohio River and then when you come out the other side then you're in this other world. Well, do you that's, remember that's... Al? Like when we were in uh Cincinnati, do you remember when we were pointing across the river and we're like, "Ah, that's a different state right there." You can say right there. Do you remember that? Yeah. yeah. I've kind of always been like sort of half living in Kentucky, half living in Cincinnati. Cincinnati's Which, great though. Like we, I love Cincinnati. I loved it there. I had Me so too. much fun there. And it's nice because we have all these rural settings for movies. And then if we want like urban stuff for a movie, then we can just go across the bridge. It's a pretty good location for a, a filmmaker that can't secure real locations and needs to go steal shots because you get a little a little bit of the city, a little bit of the country. Where did we go there? I can't remember why we went to Cincinnati. Oh, it was one of the uh, academic conferences that I did. I used to always do the uh midwestern popular culture and american culture association conference <laughs> every, every year and it was like the so you know i would show up and i'd present is there a giant know, acronym for the like, or? yeah <laughs> <laughs> that no one can remember <laughs> i would always shorten it as uh mpca but then i was on i was then one of the organizers at, at one point and then they would get on me for not putting mpca slash aca so uh yeah they'd get on me about that there's cool stuff popping up in covington too which is sort of like the cincinnati of kentucky (laughs) 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 but so it's kind of like the version where there's just like more trains and more you know Mm. meth heads with their shirts off and stuff but but, you know it's endearing but there's a a shop called earth to kentucky that i've been going to uh that's sort of like almost like an art gallery of like diy toys you can also buy them so it's all these like custom toys that people either 3d print or make with like resins and stuff that have like the old school designs and wow. lots of like kit bash toys and stuff like that yeah, so if you guys are around again yeah you would yeah, i think you'd love that place that sounds fun <laughs> yeah and they sell my blu-ray there you're gonna talk to him about something related to that yeah I was about going to kentucky <laughs> oh even um i have an offer i guess i should, i think i have an offer i could be in the sequel i guess i would love that yeah mm-hmm. yes al said it in the most awkward way mm-hmm. but i just don't remember <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> how i would set it too <laughs> well we always i always like have ideas for like younger like kid characters and then i'm like i don't know any 
<laughs> I mean, I know some kids, but I don't know any kids who would well, be willing. You got us. We'll, to... we'll come down for it. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. Totally do so that. give give Al a part. I mean, we're putting uh, Jacob, who plays Johnny Anaconda, just recently had a kid, and we're I was immediately scheming ways to put a baby in. <laughs> <laughs> Make him be lunch. Yeah. Uh, it could be. T- oh no! No, I'm now I'm going to complicate things. It's like, what if it's time travel and you have a young and like adult Johnny Anaconda? Well, we can we can uh, you can cut this bit, but I'll tell you the, yes, <laughs> the, yeah, current, okay, I'll cut it. the yeah. current screenplay idea. The one that's in the screenplay is stop it now. I mean it. You're ignorant. So that's like a deep cut nerd Easter egg right there. See, I do all that same stuff, too. And yeah, <laughs> I, can, I can attest that even all of my students are always doing that same stuff. So if you feel like, man, am I too like, yeah, my own butt about the stuff I love? Nah, man. Most of my favorite directors do that stuff, too. Yeah, constantly. All right. I wrote a a film for example where tons of stuff in it is just little references to the movie the car like, <laughs> <laughs> who cares you know yeah. like, i was just i had watched the car and i was like preparing that movie i was in you know the development stage and i was just like oh yeah ooh, all of this is relevant to my movie about kidnapping somehow i don't know <laughs> <laughs> There's a, there's a sort of writer logic, yeah, you know, yeah. that that's separate from <laughs> real world logic. Well, it's that David Lynch logic we were, you know, messing yeah, yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. There's an ocean of intuition inside all of us. <laughs> there's a really big fish if you just fishing deep enough, and with transcendental meditation, you can get there. <laughs> the David Lynchism that I think of the most is when he said, "Keep your eye on the donut, not the hole." <laughs> And then he never explained what it meant. But then there was, I read some interview with like Eli Roth or something who, for some reason, they're friends. I don't know why. <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me. Eli Roth can talk. He's an eloquent man. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he said, yeah, no disrespect to Eli Roth. I'm not, I'm not John Carpenter over here <laughs> talking trash about Eli Roth. Although I love it when he does that. He explained that the, uh, the donut is what's on the screen and the hole is everything that isn't on the screen mm. when your movie's done so keep your eye on the donut not the hole mm. i'm like that's that's really good advice that's also really good writing advice because you think about all the stuff that isn't there and then you don't you're for me it's like the more times i read a draft the more desensitized i become to the excitement of it and then i'm not thinking about what's there i'm thinking about what isn't there what what could be all the all the other possibilities yeah. you know the endless hole of the donut yeah <laughs> Keep your eye on the donut, not the mm-hmm. hole. <laughs> but if two donuts got connected, then you couldn't take your eyes off of it because it would be infinite. Mm. Like a big infinity sign. I like a Claire, so I don't know where that leaves me. Mm. There is no hole. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a box. Or you can just buy a box of donut holes. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a one-to-one but, metaphor. And then you're like, but I have to keep my eye on the hole and the donut. <laughs> <laughs> So no, then my head is in red letter me. medium territory. I'm just like with the donut with the hole with the hole still in the middle when he describes the Wait. episode one ship that way. Wait, so okay, if if the donut is yeah. the, the donut is a hole, does that mean the movie isn't a movie? The movie, if the donut has a hole, is no. If the donut, like the donut hole, if the donut and the hole are the same thing, the movie isn't real. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I think more the point here is I'm like just, <laughs> I'm just saying because the hole is everything that's not the movie, and the donut right. is the movie. But if they're the same thing, there's no movie. <laughs> I see what you're getting at mathematically, but you're missing the metaphor, I think. That's... Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he's just got galaxy brain and he's just above our, yeah, he's in, <laughs> our understanding. <laughs> Multiversal thinking. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess it's good to not keep your eye on the hole of the donut while you're doing it. But I I think a bit of artifice is good, you know. Yeah, it's like, I, you know, and I mentioned it in our, our messaging back and forth, but it's like I got so hung up on like the lore in this movie that uh, I was writing and it just everything that I was trying to do with the movie got so lost in my lore. And I, and I yeah. had to accept the fact that this is not a story that accommodates that, you know, it just, there's no room yeah. for it here in this story. And it killed <laughs> me. Cause I came up with some of the coolest stuff I've ever come up with, but to have to yeah. lose it just because like tonally, it just didn't fit, you know, uh, it, was, yeah. it was heartbreaking. That's part of the reason. Well, like you were saying, it's like I have the benefit of uh, the, the comedy angle. Yeah. Where if I do a really shameless uh, Galadriel voiceover sort of <laughs> direct to audience exposition, I could just pretend that it's a joke, even if it's not really a joke. If <laughs> you know, It's a little it's kind of a joke, <laughs> but it's just that's just my mischievous way of getting away with it. But also, I always think, oh, I could do like a tie-in comic book or yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> One day, I want a Wikipedia level of. <laughs> you want to make your own you know, uh, Southland tales, ancillary expanded universe. Yeah. <laughs> but also, like, yeah, I'm, that's a constant struggle for me. Is you want the movie to stand on its own and be a movie that has like a narrative that you can follow and is like um, engrossing, and you kind of get pulled into the story. But then you also want to do like for me i have a tendency to want to do a lot of like extraneous world building and i can't help myself so <laughs> yeah that's just a struggle between me and the keyboard and if you do end up making five of these movies that gives you plenty of latitude you know? yeah yeah that's true i mean i've definitely had ideas that i've had to cut and i go you know it doesn't hurt as bad because i can like tuck it under the rug and right pull it out later <laughs> oh yeah yeah no absolutely for, for 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 my script that i was talking about i have a sequel that i that's in mind that like that movie ever gets made and somebody goes you got a sequel idea oh boy do i yeah. all that stuff <laughs> turned into like a sequel you know yeah. yeah i start talking about my sort of tentative plans for the next couple of movies like you know People's eyes start to glaze over a little bit, but I'm like, just, you know, when you see it, you'll, <laughs> you got to, you just got to see it and then you'll get it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I have, um, like a question for all of us. If you could do a remake of a movie, what would you do? Like any movie? Oh man. Any movie? Well, I've, I've, I can't remember who said it, but somebody made the point of like, people keep remaking movies that are like classics and amazing, but it, wouldn't it be more constructive to like remake a movie that had a really good concept not, and kind of like I mean, miss the mark a little not bit. Not just like a movie. You could do like an entire series. I don't really care. It's just like, <laughs> Oh man. It's hard for me to say because all my things that are like my favorite things, I consider them to be really good already. Like sacred. And I'm like, who, who am I to? Yeah. It would have to be something I didn't already like because I mean, I, I love like Polonia brothers movies and stuff. And it's like, you watch, yeah. and you're watching like shot on video stuff and you're like, yeah, this is great. I wouldn't change anything. Then you've got like weird wild standards of like, nothing needs to be remade. Right. 
Yeah. <laughs> so it would have to be something. But, I mean, have you ever watched a movie and been like, oh, they're so close, but they made these couple missteps, you know? And then you become like a backseat writer, backseat director, where you're like, oh, I could do that. I mean, you you didn't put any of the foundational work in to do it, but you know, in your hubris, you're like, oh, I, I could have done that. There's always like one bit, like one little bit in a movie that really bothers me. There's yeah. like, I the one that always springs to mind is in uh, Robert Altman's Shortcuts. There's one scene. It's two minutes long. The movie's over three hours or whatever. There's a two minute scene that I'm like, <laughs> can we get rid of that though? Like it's the, it's bogging the movie down really bad. It screws everything up. Yeah, I I usually have like editing nitpicks more than yeah. anything. Um, well, Al, what would you remake? Um, I'm still thinking. I'm looking. I wish I had my Blu-rays I, up here. I've just got uh, my VHS. I don't know. This is. I don't know if it's probably a bad idea, but I would take every single Halloween, like Halloween movie, and make it into one movie. But all of all, the Michael the Myers entire, movies all in one. Yeah, but the entire movie is just every single time they say Michael Myers. Oh, you want to do the entire <laughs> like series? Cut? You want to do like a yeah, an, an installation piece? Yeah, it's yeah. just like every movie. Yeah. It's just every time they say it. <laughs> Supercut. Yeah. That's how I felt when I did when I edited all the Poindexter's together. <laughs> that was a, yeah. that was a task. <laughs> I don't know. I'm looking. I'm thinking like oh, Reptilicus or something Reptilicus. like that. <laughs> yeah, like a monster movie because you have the yeah. I would say if I if I could remake a movie. It would be like a monster movie that has a cool design and like a really paper thin narrative that just the monster scenes are really fun. And then I would, uh, I don't know, it'd be fun to do like take a monster movie and then shoehorn in like a, like a Napoleon Dynamite style, <laughs> <laughs> like, like character driven, like comedy angle to it. Frankly, now that I think about it, I think a better remake was to take Dead Sea and make it interesting. Oh my goodness. I haven't seen that. Maybe that's for the best. Oh, oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> we were going to record a cinema on it. I don't know that it's going to happen. We were... That's the worst movie I've ever seen. <laughs> it was rough, man. Uh, 2014, I want to say. 2014? 2013? 2013? I don't know. It's on like a multi-movie set that al has like it's just a bunch of monster movies and he was like let's watch this one and i was I like this. i don't know man and and then it was like james duvall is top build and i was like <laughs> okay you know like a little gravitas you know, i'm like that's that's important to me as someone who grew up on like gregor rocky films you know like so like let's watch this <laughs> and uh no he gets killed in basically like the first 10 minutes or something yeah we should spoil that he's gone instantly and he's playing a like (laughs) he's playing i think in iraqi or a tourist he says like oh yeah no 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 yeah he's like in iraq or something but and he keeps claiming to be a tourist but he's like also from the middle east and like most of our characters are these really horrible horrible murderers who are like like american soldiers and for the longest time we're following this guy who just like is killing everyone just mercilessly like they're begging for their lives and we're just following him around as he's just like executing people oh no it's like sounds like everything i don't like about rob zombie movies. Yeah. oh man <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like that but, just a bleak nihilism but if you had most of the movie people just sitting around doing nothing it's like aha uh-huh. It's, it's like if Rob Zombie tried to make Andre Tarkovsky's nostalgia and 
<laughs> insert leech monsters. <laughs> I mean, in theory. And also, you know. like Dad said, during the movie, it's like a 14-year-old wrote it. There's so much swearing. <laughs> <laughs> Another Rob Zombie. Yes, the swearing is is childish. It's one of those like they like they just well, no, it's it's almost like what uh Christian talks about in the Road to Tyrannus documentary. It's like people get in front of the camera and they start swearing and they think it sounds yeah. cool, but there's the way that they swear when they do that isn't cool. Like it sounds childish, like when they just start like yeah. <laughs> I can say the F word because normally I'm yelled at for that when I'm like working at the gas station or whatever, you know, like today. You can't ground me, mom. I'm a grown up. <laughs> Actually, they could. They could I, do anything. <laughs> man, I didn't I didn't come up with one that I'd remake. I don't know. Yeah, it's really hard. I, they're like I don't want to remake Reptilicus. I just that's a great movie. <laughs> this is the thing is my my thought was, you know, and, and my thought was actually my was uh, the BBC miniseries Neverwhere was the first thing that sprang to mind uh, written by Neil Gaiman. And it's like, I love it, but it looks like it was made for about 37 cents. The whole miniseries It's like so yeah. cheap. And it's filmed on that, that, that high frame rate uh, (laughs) BBC cameras where it looks like a soap opera, like the Hitchhiker's Guide ones like that, too. And like early Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah. It's like the worst shots in Michael Mann's collateral are a miniseries. (laughs) (laughs) It looks terrible. (laughs) But like, I still love it, though. That's the problem is I adore it. And so then I wouldn't make it. Yeah, I'm not a very good critic. I like I tend to like like most things i i tend to find things to like about things you know what right. i mean for better or worse for me it's for better it's like oh i get to enjoy more stuff you know what i mean i get frustrated by movies that are just that like so close to right yeah yeah i get more frustrated by something that that is like almost perfect than i do by something that is very rough around the edges yeah there have been like some bigger movies in recent years some of the more popular award-winning films i'm trying to think of one off the top of my head but it's not coming to me because i watched one in the last year or I'm so having the same problem yeah where, i always like leave the movie like oh that one scene yeah it's so close to perfect like everybody's raving about these movies and i'll watch it and be like but like if they'd have just fixed that one part then logically the rest of it would have added up and i can't it's, and it's when it's one thing that's when I dislike a movie maybe the most <laughs> is when, yeah, when yeah. they got so close and I'm just like, you, man, it was like right in your face. It's rare that I watch a movie where I'm like, there's nothing redeemable. You know what I mean? Where, like, there's nothing I like about that. You know, I could even, you know, I could leave a theater and be like, oh, I mean, Exegol was really cool. <laughs> I always wanted to see that. Now, <laughs> have you ever seen a movie that had no redeeming qualities? I don't even know what that means. So like that there's nothing valuable in it. I don't know, Dead Sea, I didn't even like anything. <laughs> Except the monster and the literal end. I need to start keeping a list of the outliers. There's got to be at least a couple. Mm, yeah, I mean, some of like some of the performances, though, in Dead Sea were good. Like, people were trying. They just didn't have a ton to work with. Yeah. For me, it's like, I'm definitely um, very forgiving of low-budget things. Because I know what people have to go through to make right. them. I feel like a, a soulless corporate cash grab is sort of more like it feels more insulting. So it feels less 
<laughs> right. You know what I mean? Well, but even those, I'm like, oh man, the lighting's good in that scene. They did a good job with the yes. the production design. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, being a musician, you know, I always, I'm like, always trying to think of nice things to say to every band. I'm like, oh man, I love your guitar. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's a really nice guitar. <laughs> Man, yeah, it's it's one of those things where I, I look at a big budget movie and I am and I kind of talked about this in the last episode, at least hinted at it. You know, when I watch a big budget movie, it's like you expect those levels of quality, right? You expect the effects mm-hmm. to look good. You expect the cinematography to be framed properly, the lighting to be there. Right. But it's when you watch a nano budget movie like the kind that we have made that when things are pulled off, it's like miraculous you know when we get when we get that stuff right it feels like oh my gosh that shouldn't have worked but it did and then to see that happen in somebody else's movie i mean when the the grand tyrannite appears in dinosaurs in a mining facility (laughs) the first time around i was like i can't believe what this madman did like what it was so (laughs) wild and that's kind of like that desired result of someone having that reaction is kind of what like has me you know giggling still like three hours in like oh my gosh i can't believe we're doing this you know right that's the fun and then, yeah. and then like to watch the documentary al i don't know if you noticed but then like there's the the scene in the garage where you have the the lamp with the the like multi like just a house lamp but like with the little, yeah, little yeah, lights yeah. all over and that you can yeah. like redirect them that was really convenient yeah. to be able to like <laughs> move the lights easily like that and i was like oh that's how i used to like my movies Right. Like that's that's exactly what I <laughs> just did. Lamps. Just yeah. have like a and I had one of those lamps that had like the three little like reorgan like yeah, you can yeah. move them and bend them. And it was like really handy to get almost like a three light setup, you know? Yeah. And I, I love I love the charm of movies like that that are made pulling something together from nothing. But it's sort of also become like an internal struggle like going forward. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, because there are some people that that's that's the only thing that I like about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. The sort of like what I see as heroic, what might be conceived as like uh, endearingly pathetic <laughs> by some people. Yeah. So then I, I gotta, I have to not think about that too much because, you know, I have seen like good reviews that are like, Oh, if, if this was a big budget movie, it would be horrible. You know what I mean? It's like, it's the fact that it's no budget that makes it great. So that like, if I get in my head about that, I could be like, oh, I don't want to improve going forward. I just want to stay in right. this like sh- shaggy dog sort of uh, like this lane that I'm in because it has a certain charm to it. But I also like want to make the best movies I can. You know, no one sets out to make a bad movie. I mean, actually, I would say that that is when I'm most cr- critical. I try not to be, but it's like when when someone's making something to purposefully be bad to the point where they don't you can tell that they don't actually care about the movie they're making and it's like ironic i I like irony in writing but it's like there's a certain level you can get to with the irony i'm thinking of things like uh samurai cop to birdemic to yeah 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 there's a reason you can't recapture that lightning when you become too self-aware or something yeah once you know that like this is what people expect that's the that's the beauty of neil breen Al, I know you don't know Neil yes. Breen, but really. you will one day. <laughs> he's he's hung on to whoever he is, or he's playing the most amazing character anybody's ever created as a giant prank. Yeah, 
it's either like a Kaufman thing or or he's like so in his own world you know that's a beautiful thing I hope I hope to retain that you know on some level Alan what else did you want to talk about man it's been listening yeah you got questions and I'm filled with caffeine and I'm like (laughs) yeah now I'm starting to wake up so yeah I don't I, I don't envy you having to edit this episode, but I appreciate it. Determined to do very little editing. <laughs> okay, cool. Have you ever seen like those YouTube videos? I'm pretty sure they're like all over where people take these different things. I'm trying to think. Uh remember that one where the person took Lord of the Rings and then just put that if I take one more step over the entire movie? Oh my gosh. It's one of those like B movie, but every time someone says the word B, it gets a little bit faster. It's one of the dumbest projects I've ever seen. And I watched it for a while <laughs> until it got to the point where I was like, okay, now now this isn't funny anymore. And I suppose another two hours later it would have gotten funny again. But yeah, it circles around. It was like yeah. It's a Fellowship of the Ring. But you know when Sam says, if I take one more step, take I'm gonna be further step. away from the Shire than I've ever yeah, been in yeah, my yeah. entire life. I quote that all the time. Yeah. They do that. Every time he takes a step away from the Shire. (laughs) (laughs) So like during that scene alone, when they're walking through the field, that clip plays like 20 times. Yes. It's Oh my gosh. It's funny. funny. My cousin, my cousin, uh, I think I was in it too, shot a parody video like way back in the day for YouTube. That was that same joke where it was somebody, he said, (laughs) if I take one more step, I'll be the furthest away from the Shire I've ever been. Oh, this stuff's the furthest from the Shire I've ever been. You know, we only did it for a couple minutes, but yeah, this was like nine hours. Yeah. <laughs> Taking oh, it yeah. to its yeah. It like, but though they did play like all the story parts right. when they got to it, which was a while. Yeah. So what was your question so, related to that? That's amazing. I've always kind of wanted to do something like that, but with like a random episode of Pokemon. And then like a <laughs> just take like one solely based on Pokemon battling, but then like I would do a bunch of the things to it. One of the things I thought would be funny is every time they would say to use a quick attack, I would take Sonic from the cartoon and then just put his like triple spin on top of them as they move. (laughs) (laughs) And and I would do that to most of the moves. It would just be like really funny because you would just have like just constant random things over them. and. It would just, and it wouldn't get old because it would constantly be every move would have a weird thing, like <laughs> a nonstop barrage of wild yeah. ideas in a blender. That's kind of like the movie too. Yeah, and that's and that's like you know what we did for um our own shorts for for Halloween, right? Which is like, what is the most insane thing we can throw in here? And like, what if we put this over the top of somebody's head or whatever? And there's just something yeah. innately funny about inserting things into footage that wasn't originally there. So like, yeah, there's the there's the one shot. And I know like our listeners haven't seen it, but like in our uh, trick or treating safety video we made where Al holds up like a cell phone and a brick. And I was like, he could hold up a cell phone and a brick. We have a cell phone and somewhere around here there is a brick. But I thought it was funnier <laughs> to like just put a like. <laughs> Just a PNG of a cell phone and then like a PNG of a Lego brick in his other hand. And it was like so much funnier that way to just overlay it. And then what you did after is even more funny. Oh, with the Al Adamson footage. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> can, we, can I say what you did? Yeah, yeah. I I feel like okay. Now that we're talking about it again, and I cut it out of the last episode because I I'll go ahead and post it to Patreon. The that that little trick or treating yeah. safety <laughs> short. I should just do it. That but was great. I still do want to say it, even if you do just it. cut this out. So what Dad did is. So like it's the thing is about car safety that we're doing. So I have I throw the br- the Lego brick and it's a what movie was it from? Um, the Dynamite Brothers. Yeah, the Dynamite Brothers. So the <laughs> Lego brick one, yeah. I throw the Lego <laughs> brick hits the car in Dynamite Brothers in the scene it flies off the cliff, but it hits it and then the car <laughs> goes off the cliff. <laughs> the brick joke, yeah. And then oh. There's another one from Halloween earlier on the thing. In Halloween 2, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ben Tramer. Yeah. Yeah. Like about crossing (laughs) the road. And then it just shows the scene where Ben Tramer gets hit. It's about like safely crossing a road. That's one one of my favorite things about the month of October is getting to see the Ben Tramer scene in Halloween 2. I... (laughs) I just it warms my heart and his heart too as it happens. But it's so absurd that the guy <laughs> he sees him and it, it seems like he makes no effort to to swerve and miss this kid who's in the street. And then Loomis is just like waving his gun around like a madman. My favorite part of Halloween too though is uh and it it almost it feels like something that I would write where <laughs> especially underlined with the uh the exclamation point of the synth score kicking in where he goes uh the, the guy says the expression which no one ever says uh i've been trick-or-treated to death tonight <laughs> and then and then Olympus looks at him very seriously and goes you don't know what death is and then right after he says it, he just runs away from him really dramatically and the music starts up like a beat later and it's just it's so goofy oh, in, the start of that in a way movie. that only Donald Pleasance could deliver his his constant I shot him six times <laughs> <laughs> that to me is oh, Halloween man. like I, I posted it on social media somewhere but like when this October when I was watching Halloween 2 and he said I shot him six times it felt more like Halloween like season in that moment than it had up to that point. I was like, <laughs> okay, now it's really Halloween. I like to imagine that like crazy Ralph from Friday the 13th is used to be like a Loomis. <laughs> That's just like the end result where he just becomes the harbinger of doom, like old one arm who just like waits for people to walk by so he could start ranting and raving about how. <laughs> and Al watched Halloween too. Did we record about it? Did we do an episode? I don't I feel like we did. You did one on the first Halloween. Yeah. I don't know. Did you did you do a full episode or was that a what the Al is? We no, did I think a full I think episode. That was yeah. one of the that was one of the first yeah. sort of quote unquote adult movies that he watched, I think, if I remember. Yeah, because he had been making his Halloween costume and he had to stay up late to make it. And that was the night that uh Joe Bob showed Halloween. So, so that oh, was I love act- that. I, oh, how old was I? Oh, that I was don't know. a while ago I, when we like, like seven, eight. I don't know. Like that was in. Eight. It was a while ago because that was in we were when we were in our apartment. That's literally across the street. It's just across the street. We have a habit of just <laughs> so, moving awesome. down the street. I don't like moving far. Oh, so when we get a new apartment, I'm like, all right, just move a little bit at a time yeah. and see if you can <laughs> make it to a different state. Eventually. The last time was a block and a half. This time was across the street. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, my house is 10 minute drive from my parents' house. Yeah. 
where I've worked on the last movie. So. I've lived in um three houses and <laughs> they've all yeah. oh sorry, apartments yeah. and they've all been on Stop it now, I mean it. Well, not... <laughs> okay, I will bleep out the fact that you said where we live, but yes. <laughs> yes. Well, there's no other way to say it. <laughs> you the same street would be the way that I would have said it. <laughs> the same street. There you go. I'm a visual thinker. I need I need the descriptions. Yeah. Well, you turn left at the big tree about two miles outside of town. <laughs> and then you'll see the well, giant cliff the, go off the, the cliff. That's where our house is. Well, not growing up in the country. You know, that's country directions is like when you see the big tree, turn left. And then me. But all of them are big trees. <laughs> we moved away and then back into my childhood house when I was like in middle school. And that was like such a trip. Like to move back into your old house. I think Man. my parents still own it, but they like rented it to somebody for a while. Maybe I was like, and uh, at first I was like, why would you get rid of a house and then buy the house? again? I was like, oh, they probably didn't get rid of it. <laughs> yeah. It's early. And the, the people, the people stole like some of the appliances and stuff. Oh, no. when they left. It was like one of my friends, like sisters or something like that. So it was like, it was, like, it was a whole thing. Um, but the, when I, I worked in a kitchen washing dishes for five years and that was when I lived with my parents before I moved out. So I just, I just put all my money in a shoebox. I got paid under the table. And then <laughs> at one point I just like abruptly moved out and started sleeping on my friend's floor. And I quit my job um, to try to do freelance, which didn't last super long, but I'm, I'm, I'm still doing freelance now, but I realized I also need <laughs> a sustainable income to keep me alive. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but it was cool. Cause my friend let me sleep on the floor for like, you know, really cheap, uh, and I just lived off of the money I saved for five years at a restaurant. And that's kind of how I was able to like finish the movie and like stay focused on it. So. Oh, that's cool. Shout yeah. out to Tommy. He's Tommy. one of the cult cult members too. He's one of the, what, the, there's a close up of him laughing. That was the scene where I used a lot of like outtakes when I'm editing, I try not to delete anything that's usable. So the first things I cut is anytime the actor's looking at the camera or like I'm talking to them and they're talking to me. Cause sometimes when people are just laughing at their own jokes and stuff, I can sneak that into the movie because I'm like, oh, that's genuine laughter. It makes it look like it's just really good acting. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> when we um during our Halloween trick or treating safety video, it took us one of the hardest parts about it is actually it was like I just kept having to read the lines, but also I just kept laughing because it yeah. was so funny. One of them I had made up myself is always have a flashlight. If you don't have a flashlight, light your candy bag on fire and use it as a torch. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that joke. That was great. Sometimes it's just hard not to laugh at the absurdity of like, oh, we're pretending to be different people. And there's a camera pointed yeah. at me. And it's like, you kind of got to like not think about it. It's hard to like get in the headspace. Sometimes it takes a little while. You have to do it so many times. Yeah. Until you can just not laugh yeah. at it. And I, I always shut a lot of takes because you never know which one's going to be the right one mm. and sometimes it takes people uh, a lot of tries to kind of get comfortable like with yeah like i was saying like there's a camera pointed at you and you've got a costume on and it's kind of inherently ridiculous thing to be doing but that's what's great about it yeah and if you're <laughs> if you're also not the filmmaker and i and this is what like al found frustrating at first but after seeing the final product I, and then also watching uh, road to tyrannus understand so much better is that like to get the best stuff you really do have to put 
more time into it than you think. Yeah. And it's a lot yeah. more time making a movie. It's the most, the most delayed gratification, but <laughs> the biggest delay for the most gratification. Well, especially because me. editing is often an absolute nightmare. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. Just I'm I'm very I'm not very good at I'm like a bad uh I'm bad at making decisions a lot of times, which is funny because like I've heard people say, you know, directing is like a hundred percent of the job is just making decisions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like I found it's much easier for me to make decisions in the safety of this fictional universe than it is in real life. Maybe that's part of the reason it's like so empowering for me to do. You know, yeah. it feels yeah, yeah, it feels great. But um so I I, it's hard for me to like pick takes it's actually harder when there's like 10 takes that are very similar you know what i yeah. mean yeah and th then i'm like then i'm like really like laser focused on like what are the tiny tiny differences it's like one of those pictures where it's like what are the differences in this picture and you have to like find out like <laughs> oh the, this guy's the bill on this guy's hat is actually two centimeters shorter it's like <laughs> these like very in just like, like uh, indistinguishable differences across takes and i'm like there is a difference though and i, I need to know i get super into like it's you like know. a where's waldo book but every single one of them is the exact same picture except with incredibly unnoticeable details yeah like, and yeah. you're personal sense of self-worth is tied to finding waldo exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then you it's realize like, that, it's you like know. if you don't find him your life will end yeah like yeah <laughs> and even and i'll i'll admit it to myself and sometimes other people have to say it to me like people people aren't going to notice or care about the minute thing but i'm like but there's millions of them over the course of a movie like tiny micro details that do add up even if it's subconsciously you ever like watch a movie and like you can't explain what you love about it because it's like so down to the the fine details yeah and it's yeah. like it's it's a subconscious or like a gut thing and you're like i can't quite place what it is that i like about this one and not this one because they're similar and it's like it's it's these tiny tiny details that are so easy to get like lost in but i, I kind of love being in that world yeah, I love getting lost in the weeds. It's like it's like hand stitching a puppet. <laughs> like I used to do that too. I used to sew puppets, and it's like it's very it's something very therapeutic about sitting there and just doing like a very detail oriented, okay. repetitive. It's like a very repetitive thing to sit and edit, but it's like also like infinitely vast at the same time. Yeah, and like yeah. I I have uh, anxiety, and I get like severe agita, like with like little precise things that I have to do. So like sometimes yeah, editing yeah. will just like push me too far. And I'm like, I, 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 oh, this one yeah, frame, yeah. what is going on with this frame? <laughs> you know? Oh gosh. Yeah. It's like, and my micro edits, it's like, it's like, dude, you know, I'm a drummer and it's like, well, there's more than 16 beats per second because it's, it's the rhythm of conversation. It's not even like necessarily, it's even deeper than musical. You're right. playing on like a, a microtonal sort of thing it's like oh the keyboard has like 100 extra keys now <laughs> you know and uh, and you're like do i do a j cut here do i do an l cut i could cross cut these two scenes that agent scene when you're asking what scene took the longest I, the pterodactyl one probably actually took the longest but that one felt like it took the longest because i was it's essentially two different scenes two people in a car having a conversation and then there's a guy freaking out and there's all different angles and takes for all of those and it has to feel like cohesive and i'm like this is why I often uh, like tend to write two people per scene talking to each other <laughs> in this bigger world. Because when you go further than that, now now I'm trying to branch out. Yeah. It's it's uh it's, it's intimidating but necessary. 
when dad said that he gets really like like about the one frame i'm like i know what he means by that because when he was doing an intro for one of his scenes during lockdown he had a giant covid over michael myers face and there was one frame where the (laughs) where the covid was got like let's say i mean it was i don't know about as big as like the size of the planet in your thing yeah and then in one scene it was like the size of your head almost oh where there was (laughs) that one where it shrunk yeah it would for one frame it would go oh my god it would just shrink down yeah yeah and it doesn't help when computers it took him almost an hour or something to fix that it took him so long (laughs) yeah i once i realized that i could um take the audio from one take yeah and the video from another take and comp them together and i'd be like oh i like the way he says this last sentence of this line is cleaner in this take and the and the mouth is moving at the same you know rhythms it it got really crazy i mean i remember watching the uh, episode one documentary for uh star wars oh, yeah. the phantom menace and, and when when he realized when he had ben burt editing that and he realized Oh, even when it's a wide shot, I when there's someone standing in the background, I can actually mask it out and I can take this this extra in the background from this other take. I could comp in one shot actors from multiple takes into one shot. And uh and I could I could just like feel Ben Burt. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh oh no, what Pandora's box have we unlocked? Sometimes like having fewer options can be easier, you know. Yeah, and it's it's like the first time you do something like that, it's you feel like uh, I don't know, like a hot shot. You feel like you're hot. You're yeah, it's exhilarating. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then you realize the implications, <laughs> right? Of having to uh, constantly be like, oh, I'm done. Oh, wait, actually, could I? Yeah. When you're filming DIY films in 1999 to 2003, we didn't have audio really, we, and ADR was not a thing we could exactly do at a certain point. So yeah, it was all in camera audio. And then later, when I went back to edit some of that stuff we had filmed, that was all in camera audio. I didn't have access to actors and I like still had to try to make the audio OK, where I would take the audio from the close up shots that we would do and then get them to sync when it was like the cutaway to the, you know, like the longer <laughs> shot. And like when I realized that I could get their lips to sync up and still use the audio from the one shot. And if I just tweaked it like, man, you feel so cool. But it does open up so much stuff that then you realize you can do that. I mean, it, it's never ending your quest to get everything like perfect. You know, I mean, like you talked about in the documentary, it took you five years to finish the movie. And some of that was because like just had to get it right. You know? Yeah. Redoing things I'd already done. It's both uh, the greatest joy of my life and <laughs> the biggest nightmare. <laughs> but ultimately, it's just the best now we should probably eventually let jordan you know go and go to sleep yep. and stuff i was literally yeah, just going to mention no, that i could do you. this all day yeah you're gonna rush. Well, <laughs> it'll it'll definitely be you guys ending it not me <laughs> <laughs> so. yeah he's trying to also have a play date for later so he's like but that's in like yeah, 40 that. minutes up oh, 39 okay cool yeah so- oh yeah if that isn't 40 minutes well i should yeah, I don't want to give you too long of an episode to have to edit down into a reasonable. Length. One of the episodes I had to edit was about this long. Uh, it was over. And it was almost this long. 
Well, you won't be editing this one, so you'll know that, yeah. that episode. I think is- there's some good like five minute yeah. tangents that could be cut without losing anything. Oh, so. We should use yeah. uh, the version of our theme that, that you made, Jordan. We should yeah. <laughs> yeah. that for the episode. Yeah. And, and people are probably just now hearing us say that. And I would have played it like an hour and a half ago in the show. Yeah. Or it could be the outro. It'll be both. I don't Keep care. Yeah. They'll just be like, what was that? <laughs> but if we played both of ours at the same time. That would be funny. And then we could you can add in some like uh it's the 150th episode spectacular. And now we have that clean audio, so that's going right over the top. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah, I've always wanted to do this. I've always wanted to do the uh this is Jordan Goff, director of Dinosaurs in a Mind Facility, and you're listening to Cadavercast. <laughs> <laughs> Me, I would <laughs> I would just take <laughs> I go back and edit it and just take your cadaver cast and make it really deep sounding like when it's like and there's like the red over and it shakes. Oh, like when I did the asbestos joke. Yeah. I know you I know Alice is pitch shifting deep voices. Oh yeah. Uh, (laughs) I do so much. I make like my stingers, I they make absolutely no sense. I take words and make them into like like i do yeah yeah it's absolutely insane i've noticed that too (laughs) and now i i do it now too just because it's a thing that he started and it's like really consistent (laughs) sometimes there'll still be those things that i can pull out when i'm editing it to to make a stinger but al had so much fun just just the right amount of like good confusion i feel like if you edit the (laughs) i feel like it would be fun if just like even if you edit the episode i just do the stinger because i mean it still kind of sounds like that even still the one on our last episode I made because I was like trying to channel Al's, you know, like what would Al put on here? More reverb. You oh, know? yeah. I remember one. Of them. Oh, I'm a reverb oh, addict. I made yeah. one like sound. I, I think I used phaser and then I forgot what other ones, but I Flange. kept using like <laughs> I kept using like a phaser and these other things to make it quieter and keep doing it over and over again. And it just made it like. Oh, like, really digital sounding. And it was yeah. like, and it sounded, it was like these two so- two sounds I had taken at once, and it sounded really scary. <laughs> it actually <laughs> sounded kind of scary. I forgot what episode that was, but that's actually one of the stingers for the episodes. See, and I like that. One of them. I forgot what it was. But. Yeah. That was a big part of the process for making dinosaurs in a mining facility was all the like sound design not even necessarily the score but just like the ominous kind of drones and tones that went on in the background i even had like a recipe sort of for the uh grand tyranite that i had figured out where i'm like okay this is exactly how much pitch shift goes on them and this is how much flange is in there and which type of flange and which plugins i'm using i spent a lot of time on the sound design side of things that was a lot of fun i'm like al where i just love reverb (laughs) (laughs) i i recognize that it can be overused but like if, if there's like just an ominous drone behind a scene, you really can't yeah. overuse it. Like, ooh. And I would just turn up the ooh. wet mix all the way and the dry mix down all the way. Ooh. And then sometimes I would render that out and then do another passive reverb because I was <laughs> <laughs> almost like pushing it past the boundaries of the of the plugin. Literally. So <laughs> I feel like almost half of the time I spend editing an episode is me messing with the stinger. That's true. <laughs> I'll be like, Al. <laughs> Dude, do you have that episode ready? And it's I'm, like, oh, I've been working on the stinger for the last hour. <laughs> I need it on my desk by five o'clock. I'll be sitting around just waiting to kind of listen to it to see what he did. But also like when he started doing that because 
or maybe I did it first and Al liked it. I don't remember. I think you did one time where you were like, did the deep, like the uh, one time yeah. where you did that deep voice. Sure. And then yeah. the one time I, the first time I edited it, I'm like, oh, this is yeah, so many sets. But I like the idea that our episodes end, you know, the music is going. People have maybe had a good time, hopefully listening to the show. And maybe like they're just kind of letting it go in the background or they're like listening it you know, listening to it on headphones while they're on their bike and just kind of like paying attention to the world around them and then this nightmare sound comes out of their <laughs> headphones <laughs> and they don't know just no explanation nothing just it's the last thing in the show is this is the jump scare of podcasts yeah. it's happening while i'm yeah. working I'm like what's happening i don't know oh, but i like I it feel like, <laughs> oh i remember the one stinker that took me the longest it probably took me i don't know an hour and a half what i did is i had a really like a longer sting i caught i duplicated this this took me so long this is like longer than the actual episode took me I had doubled it and took the same amount of part and then put them after, but each of the duplications were different and I had the same thing, but then I also had, it was like so me like saying it normally. No, no, but it was in the same thing. I had it me saying normally and then I had a second one of those which was edited to sound like a normal stinger after I say that thing. Oh, it's like I a short thing. <laughs> it took me so long. <laughs> that's kind of like um there's a thing in the movie anytime someone says the name moldar there's if you listen there's like a little like sting that plays where it's like uh five different voices at various levels of pitch shift saying moldar at the same time and then it's like time stretched out and then it's like it's really quiet in the mix oh man so i like the idea it's almost like you know and like young frankenstein right, right? You say the name <laughs> the lightning strikes i, I kind of want to continue that that kind of is similar to the gag of everyone has the same ringtone in that universe. <laughs> Wait, what? The MIDI file of Tarzan Boy by Baltimore. Oh, you didn't catch that, bud? No. Oh. <laughs> That's for subsequent viewings. <laughs> I never realized that. Yeah, everyone has the same exact ringtone. Well, I guess it's like Dr. Stone and Johnny Anaconda. And then I don't know if we see Ian's phone ring or not, but. Two people is two. enough. Yeah, two at least two. Two people that aren't on the kind of terms where you'd think they would have a matching ringtone of an obscure 80s uh, song. Something about, okay, so <laughs> my sense of humor lately I've realized is, and, I, you know, being like like a punk teenager and like a punk band and just being like having that mentality. Yeah. The contrary in streets. Yeah. <laughs> like my yeah. comedy is largely rooted in twos instead of threes. Because I just find it funny yeah. to never deliver the third one. For some reason, that's just really amusing to me. To what? Yeah. Wait. Well, you're supposed to do comedy in threes, right? You do thing in, things in threes, yeah. and that third time, it's going to be the funniest. To me, it's funny to never give the, the third one. So Wait. you'll notice in like the stuff that I edit for our friends, yeah. if there is a joke that I tell like twice, I never bring it in a third time, though you are probably supposed to like it would it would maybe be funnier <laughs> but it's funnier to me to not do it yeah. so it's all for my enjoyment <laughs> i love that <laughs> but you got to be the uh fan of your own work you know what i mean yeah yeah that's kind of i feel like that's kind of the benefit for us of having not realized that we were making a movie for other people when we started it right and i say for other people i mean i don't know how literal that really is so we were just doing the things that we thought were really funny and um, I'd like to imagine we would have done it anyway, even if I knew that, a, you know, more people would be seeing the movie, like if I had the foresight. But 
I don't, you never really know for sure. Yeah. I think it was just a happy, it was happy, a happy accident that we stumbled into. Every dinosaur needs a, a friend. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's like, I'm writing the sequel and it's, uh, it's totally a different process because there's something nice about shooting the scene and then be like, oh, this is working. And then you get the wind at your sails to be like, oh, no, this is exciting. I know it's working. So I can I know this this actor in this role is funny. And and then so you're not like questioning and second guessing and everything you're doing and like being neurotic about whether or not it's going to work because you have proof. Whereas if you write the entire script before anyone films anything, it's like for me, I'm like, I, I kind of see logistically like why people do it that way <laughs> it's it's nice to know where the movie's going before you start filming but it's like oh man there was there was definitely like a really a really good thing about a first-time film being able to like see the progress as i'm writing it you know what i mean yeah. now it's like i'm writing characters and i'm like who's gonna play this character and like are they going to be able to play this character the way that i'm imagining it and before it was like, oh, I didn't have to imagine it. I'm writing the character the way that the person was playing it before there was a script. <laughs> it's, it's so so backwards. Character arcs and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I feel yeah. like that's very important. I feel like it would be funny if the like the second this meeting hits two hours, we just abruptly like stop it. Oh, like <laughs> stop the recording at exactly two hours and see. Yeah. How long the episode? Pretend that up. pretend that we had a two uh, a two hour uh, Zoom trial. That <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love talking about the technical stuff of the movie and the uh, the making of stuff. Yeah. If you have any other questions, I don't want to put you on the spot. But you got anything I mean, else? But it should be the other way around. Really? You guys are supposed to put me. On I, the spot well, Al was uh, when he should have been writing questions and stuff. I for this. wrote the questions down. I put it on. He lost it. Paper and then I lost it. Oh man! But mostly he was drawing pictures of Cuphead. <laughs> well, this is a uh, this is more of a freeform kind of a this is the jazz version. Yeah, I told you it wasn't going to be like a. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're not. We don't treat this like prose. You know, we're not. <laughs> the Misty Tally interview is very uh, professional and and regimented. But well, Al was also yeah. in that episode. If you know, for people who go back and listen to it, as compared to this one. It was Al's first interview. It was his first time having you know someone on the show that he didn't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was also much younger, so he really did try to approach it like you know we watched some interviews with people so that he could get the idea of like what an interviewer did. So he was really doing the interviewer yeah, yeah, yeah. role in that one. You know, really yeah. being as pro. Now he's a natural. Now he's mm-hmm. done 100. He's done 50 more episodes since then. Yeah. So and it's gotten even more insane than it has. Yeah. <laughs> the show's bonkers. Yeah. Yeah. This is a good one, though. I have a I have a feeling that if if yeah, nobody yeah, yeah. else likes it, at least we had fun making it, you know? Yeah. Oh, guys, <laughs> yeah, yeah. we have nine minutes before our Zoom meeting expires. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we ha- there's a good episode. Um among among this stuff it's all it's all staying that's the yeah. not all of it yeah. I mean, except for the yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. that i said that i would cut <laughs> yeah 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 and the stuff that i got into spoilers yeah exactly and then for the, for the sequel and then we still leave it at two hours but just put in just like ax- random sounds just to make it two hours <laughs> <laughs> this is this is uh seeing how the sausage is made, yeah you know yeah this is uh i've listened to so many episodes of this show when i always i always wondered how how it was done <laughs> yes just imagine us talking with dinosaurs 
And I was I was going to mention again uh, that the Blu-ray Dinosaurs in a Mining Facility available from Gold Ninja. Yeah, I got that Gold Ninja video. Check it out, listeners. I mean, there's like I said in the last episode, it was a run of 500. And I would love it if we had the kind of following that we could sell out the rest of the run. I don't know that that's the case, but boy, I would love it. That last episode was a good um, sales pitch, I thought. You guys made it sound great. Yeah. And then they listen to all three of us just chatting together and they're like, oh, they're a, they're a bunch of idiots. We should we should uh, return the Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they don't like this, they're not going to like the, uh, the video, the video commentary of <laughs> well, and Jacob and Christian. The uh, the documentary, too, uh, I wanted to mention, because it's something that, you know, we had talked to, was mentioned in our group the first time we watched it. Somebody was like, there's a two and a half hour documentary about the making of this thing. And it was like, what? How? What? And and watching it, it's actually all of the special feature types that you'd go looking for in one documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. deleted scenes, alternate scenes, you know, alternate takes, uh, bloopers, public, you know, Q&A's, all of that stuff. Just yeah. one one video file. Big chunk. Which, which is yeah. cool. Like, that's great. And then you can log it on Letterboxd and, you know, like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I almost thought about it, like, oh, should I, should I kind of put this in a separate section separate featurettes i love the long form documentaries you know i love the like crystal lake memories and the never sleep right. again some the uh what's the um the blade runner one that has a cool name dangerous days yeah. the heart of darkness one is that the, the apocalypse now yeah, yeah. one the um, burden of dreams right i was super i was super in my head about it being too long and I kept trying to edit it down more and more. And it was getting to the point where it was like getting harder to cut because I didn't have the perspective. Now, when I watch it, I'm like, didn't need that, didn't need that. But I try to put my myself in the like, oh, what if this was one of my favorite movies? You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I want to know everything about it. And it's like bold of me to presume that this would be anyone's favorite movie. But if it is, <laughs> I want to make sure I've got them <laughs> covered. <you know? laughs> plus, plus uh, Justin was an enabler. He's like, Oh, people love the long form documentaries now. And he's like, plus, if you get over the two hour mark, it's just like an extra, like a cool selling point. Also, it kind of it kind of fits with the movie. It's like, oh, you take this little idea that you had right. and you just go super overboard until it becomes totally outrageous and out of control. <laughs> and uh, that's kind of how the documentary was. And it's it's super fun, too. So, like, listeners, buy the Blu-ray. Watch the documentary, too. <laughs> Listen the to the documentary. If the two and a half hour uh, documentary you you could listen to it like a podcast of us <laughs> yeah watch the podcast but, and listen to the documentary well you can't take your blu-ray player with the you, one though. thing that made me laugh the hardest <laughs> i think in the documentary is all the footage like the full ex like extended footage of christian driving away when you walked up to the window of the, <laughs> yeah. the car and he just like drives away and he starts freaking he out said, nope i'm going <laughs> that rant also is hysterical but to see it in context absolutely slayed me yeah the, it was hard to pair the bloopers down you know also christian is one of the funniest people i've ever seen on camera i agree like i can't stop watching the predator you know like the predator yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. i come from space it live in tree yeah. like, i quote it all the time. I even got my students yeah. quoting it before we met. My students would quote Predator during <laughs> class. 
it come from space. It lived in a tree. tree. For, I love my favorite of that is Jackson going, I miss my business. <laughs> it's like your Zoom so meeting arbitrary. expires in one minute. Next uh oh. Uh oh. But yeah, how lucky am I that uh, I was became this obsessive filmmaker and I just happen to have a brother who's like a, a great actor. Well, and then in the documentary, uh, yeah, we got 40 seconds, Al says. In the, at the beginning of the documentary when he's like, yeah, we had this idea and then Jordan came in and like screwed the whole thing up or whatever. He's so serious. Yeah, that's the thing with him. You he's deadpan like all the time. I don't know. Up. <laughs> but I was just like, it's is he bitter at all? Is this really going to be a thing where it was like, yeah, we were fighting a lot during it, but like it came to get and it was just him being a goof. That's how my dad is, too. People were like, I can't tell. Is he is he joking or <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, yeah, he's got a very like great, a great deadpan, Bye. which I guess is a, a good sign <laughs> as an actor. Al's counting us down One. to ending. Ah, oh, we're done. We ended. Stop it now. I mean it. That's it. Well, <laughs> don't push the button. It was don't like, actually do it. <laughs> it was like one of those uh, those time limits on like a, a video game where it's like you have to get the hostage out of the room and the, the clock's ticking. <laughs> <laughs> the music gets faster and faster. On you. Well, Al, should we get wrapped up here so we can go check your email and see yeah. if your play date's going to happen? I, I know when the interview's done, like with any interview I've ever done, I'm like, oh, I should have said that. I should have said that. I should have mentioned that. Yeah, I know. But, you know, I mean, we had two hours the... to get it right. And if we if we botched it, that's on yeah, us, yeah. man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's your fault. I like this long form casual. Thing. Oh, Al's willing Absolutely. to just blame you. <laughs> and yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this and guy me. next to me. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> but Al, what do you want to say to Jordan? Thanks for doing this interview. Yeah. Let's do this again. Mm-hmm. Calling it an interview is maybe generous. I don't know. I didn't... <laughs> Hanging out. No, it's yeah. what it's supposed to be. So we'll, we'll maybe call the episode Hanging with Jordan Goff. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Slash interview. An Inter- almost interview meeting. with Jordan Goff. Yeah. You, uh, you asked some questions in there that I took on tangents and then ended up becoming other things. But you know. I told you every time I ask a question, it just becomes chaos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love chaos. Al, yeah. did you want to clearly did, while Jordan's here and you know to hear it live? Did you want to rant through your uh, social medias? <laughs> no, let's not do it. Let's do it. You're it. Add it later. <laughs> I have in past episodes copy pasted all of the social media stuff from one episode into another because we have nice. forgotten Seamless. to do it. I had no do idea. Do it right now. I, I always would go back like four or five episodes to where the recording yeah, sounded yeah, approximately so the same. Yeah. But yeah. So nobody, nobody could notice. <laughs> I couldn't even tell you what ones we did it on. So if anybody catches it, I don't know, I'll send you a prize or something. Do it right now. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Al, lay it, lay it on our listeners. Where can they find us online, support us, all that business? You can find us on Patreon. At patreon.com slash word salad. Word salad. <laughs> Interruptions alert. <laughs> this is what I do. This is what I do when I'm at work listening to it. I say I say it with you out loud. I also dance to the theme song every time. Oh, awesome. Which was written by uh, you know, my brother-in-law. Awesome. You can find us on Instagram at Gadavercast. <laughs> You can find us on Twitter at cadaver underscore cast. You can find us on Facebook at cadavercast at the Critters and Creeps Club. Join the club. Join the club. <laughs> <laughs> or don't. 
I don't care. <laughs> I'm in the club. <laughs> oh, good. Welcome to the warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> the space. <movie. laughs> yeah, you can find our merch at dspring.com slash cadavercast. And you can email us at cadavercast at gmail.com and ratings and reviews and stuff so that dad doesn't have to say it. You, oh, you did it that time. Yeah. Hey. Did you do the Twitter or no? Yeah. Did you skip the Twitter? I did that before. I did the I Instagram like did. before just to confuse you. Because <laughs> oh, I yeah, normally yeah. do Twitter and then Instagram. As if they just did it backwards. Except when I prompt them in the in the other order. Then then he gets all thrown off and I have to edit the heck out of. <laughs> the doesn't... underscore is my favorite part. Because there's um <laughs> there's a guy who had cadavercast as his twitter name and like had not used it for years at that point oh, but then man. we couldn't get yeah. a hold of him to be like listen man like you haven't been using it can we use it and we just couldn't get a hold of him we couldn't get him to respond that's uh that's why it's jamble vision and not whammo vision it was whammo vision originally oh. and then that was like someone someone had like the youtube channel man you know, without really many videos or like subscribers or anything not that i have that many but <sighs> But I still like, hmm, I like Jamble Vision. Mm. Jamble Vision is cool. good. Yeah. Yeah. Jamble is like a filler word that Ethan came up with. <laughs> like, so, so he'll say like old adages and idioms, but he'll replace like the, the keyword with like Jamble. Beauty is in the eyes of the Jamble. Can we finish the ending? <laughs> you can, yeah, you can edit this. Edit this edit it I'll leave it in. Uh, Al yeah. just wants to end <laughs> so he can go check his email. Started. We did start the ending. Gotta That's go, true. Just gotta go check his MySpace. <laughs> his best friend Tom is messaging him. Yeah. <laughs> Tom who doesn't exist. That's a MySpace joke. You're too young for that one, dude. Yeah, <laughs> Jordan, thanks for hanging, man. Thanks. Yeah, this is awesome. Yeah. And good to like talk not in chat and stuff. Yeah. As I was well. gonna say, yeah. We could do this again without any uh <laughs> Yeah, exactly. We don't Leg- have any legitimate reason to. Do. <laughs> you should do it. You should do a Cinemuck with me, and then we can watch terrible oh, movies yeah. and chat about them. That'd be great. We've already watched some terrible oh, that's, movies. That's true. And then we just didn't <laughs> chat about them, so it's kind of pointless at that point. You know? We chat about them while we watch. Them, Come yeah. on back, kids. You're, okay, you're you're ready to sign us out. Okay, sign us out and say thank you to Jordan again. Thanks. <laughs> you're welcome. You've been listening to a. 150th episode <laughs> a different yeah there you go episode of cadavercast <laughs> and i'm cadaver dad jeff burnham bye <laughs> we love you <laughs>